Hi, come on in. And join in. It's the very merry life. Hi, I'm Mary Hendricks, and you might know me as that relatable AF mama over on Instagram who hopefully feels like an old friend at this point. And if not, it won't be long till it feels that way as we get raw, unfiltered, and very unapologetic in all things motherhood, marriage, sex, and more. From moments worth savoring to moments worth surviving, get ready to leave feeling seen and supported. You have a friend here now. So hey, take a seat. What's going on? Hello, everyone. (laughs) Hello, Miranda. Yay. Yay. All right. So I am excited for this episode and I have Miranda here and I'm going to give you a second to introduce yourself. And uh, if you are a male listener, which I do have some male listeners and this might not be the episode for you, but maybe it is. Maybe get educated on it. We like period supporters. Okay. Yeah. So stick around. There we go. Just know that that's what we're getting into. It's, (laughs) It's feminine health. So anyway, Miranda, say hello. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting. Um, So yeah, a little bit about me. I am a hormone nutritionist. I'm also a health coach. I'm also a trainer. And I actually got into all this stuff because I was a professional figure skater. I went pro when I was 18. And that's when my health just crumbled. I was dealing with periods that were six weeks at a time. I was dealing with crazy mood swings to the point where they thought I was dealing with brain tumors. They were so determined to test me for everything else except my hormones. Um, I was dealing with thyroid issues and acne, and I was just gaining weight by just like breathing. Nobody ever sat me down and broke down the whys, what's in the house. So that's when I said, screw it. I'm going to go to school. Peace out. I don't want to be passed around anymore. Birth control is not the option. It's not helping me. So I wanted answers. And fast forward almost 10 years later, we're, we've turned what I thought was just going to be something that was designed to help me into the period lab and has now, ever since going online, We've gone online for the past three years. We've been doing this a lot longer, but in the past three years, we've helped over 300 women. So worked with a lot more. There's a lot of periods that very much take time. So I wonder of all the other hundreds of women that I've worked with where they're at, but we've at least now improved 300 periods that I can confidently say and to live a symptom-free life. That's amazing. I hear cramps symptoms are not normal. I think that's like the biggest statement that's always important to say at the beginning of the podcast. Cramps, periods, symptoms, not normal. You can have a symptom-free cycle. I don't know anyone that doesn't have symptoms too. And that's why I was so intrigued. So I learned about you from my virtual assistant who I know was working with you and her and I um, were in conversation and she pointed me in her direction just because she's also a C-section Mom, I've had two C-sections and I have three children, but I have two C-sections and I swear my periods after having babies have just rocked my world. That and hormones are a whole, yep. it's got to be hormones. It's, it's got to be hormones. I am like a moody, moody bitch <laughs> to say the least. And it's just, that's why she contacted, she was telling me about it. And I was like, that's like, that is something that more people need to hear about. I need to hear about it. And, uh, yeah, that's why everyone listening right now, get, like, bring out your notepads. Pull over <laughs> if you're driving. Pull over. Pull your notepads. Get your get your four ways on. Um, yeah. No, it's it's pretty crazy because with your assistant too, um, everything happened so fast, and she was messaging me, 
And I was like, whoa, like it's even fun for me to let you go through the process of things happening over the course of like a couple months, but like she was, everything was happening to her so fast. So when you have somebody sit down and break down the why's what's in the house and look at the whole entire person, that's why I brought all of my certifications together because there's a structural version of you, especially talking to all of my C-sections and pregnancy mamas and everyone who did the pelvic floor therapy and everyone who didn't. I'm looking at you. Coming yeah. from the new, tr- um, coming from the training certification, and then everything that's going on with you internally. I'm looking at my nutrition certification. So, yeah. when do you have somebody just put that all together and create an approach for you? Yeah, I'm so, and it's great to see all this information about cycle syncing and everything like that. That's lovely, but we still need to keep making it more personalized. We need to get women to understand that there's some stuff that's going on with you structurally that can actually act that can, sorry, that let me repeat that. There's some stuff going on with you structurally that can be relieved through exercises. So we have tools on our tool belt. All your buckets or your eggs don't have to be put in one bucket and we don't have to put all the pressure on nutrition and supplementation. It's not one or the other. It's everything. Yeah. And that's what we look at at the period lab. We look at the whole entire person that you are, nutrition, supplement, training, stress management, yep. blood sugar, bowel movements. You're supposed to have two to three bowel movements a day, FYI. Yep. Not without the not with the help of caffeine. So we need to get messages from that one. <laughs> but wait, you said not with the help of caffeine. Not with the help of caffeine. If you What does it count if I just smell the caffeine? If I just smell coffee and it just like triggers a response to me, I swear. I like come downstairs and I could just like smell it and I'm like, oh, I gotta go. At My husband's like, what's wrong with you? Something. The goal here, the big um, I swear to God, I need to start making merchandise on this one quote yeah. food before coffee. That's what we live by. And it's not about not having coffee, but the number one thing I hear, especially from moms who have been living off of coffee, especially who are postpartum, they're still fresh. They are realizing that they don't need coffee to survive. They just need to focus on their blood sugar levels. And now they're forgetting about their coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I totally get that. I mean, I'm, I'm the worst at it. I wake up and that's like the first thing I don't, I've, I have coffee and I, and I, I do check-ins with people and it's because I need them for myself, but I'll do check-ins from time to time. Be like, have you had something to drink? That's not coffee. Cause that's, <laughs> that's my world. I have tea right here. I don't know if that counts, but yeah. I'm like, I, I'm the worst at that. It's the first thing I have when I wake up. Which I guess I got about a little challenge with you and your followers. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to do a challenge. Everyone buckle up. You're joining me in this. If I'm making changes, so are you. <laughs> I'm doing it, you're doing it too. <laughs> yeah. We're in this together. But yeah, no. And I think the biggest thing, and I think for me, like I heard about this approach and I think it's so necessary. Like I, I don't like birth control. Personally, I don't like birth control. It's just, it messed me up. I tried it in college, like the hormonal birth control, and I absolutely got destroyed by it. I had to throw it out. It just messed with me bad. Um, like hormone, like mood swings. Like I was an anxious mess. My anxiety skyrocketed while being on it. So I've never touched it, but I feel like that is like the easy approach with doctors where if you go in, you're like, I'm complaining of A, B and C, they just say immediately birth control. Let's just do that. And I feel like, I feel like on a surface level, that might take care of it, but I feel like it's not 
tackling the rest of it. And I feel like that's a big discussion that I'm hearing more and more from different accounts. I actually had an account on um, in my first season of the podcast, and she really talks about uh, seeing hormone therapists and getting treatment from hormone therapists because women just get basically disregarded. Like you go in, you're like, I have low libido. I have, I have other symptoms and things like that. And these doctors are like, that's just life. Or it's just, it's getting older or let's just give you birth control. And she's like, no, let's fix it. Let's, let's fix this. You're bringing this up at like the best time ever because I've got like a massive um, project that we're about to launch actually. And it's literally about tracking. So we are creating this new product that everyone will have access to soon. But the whole point of it is to support women in improving those doctor's appointments. It comes back to how we're tracking because the one number, the number one thing that I have seen with a lot of my clients is that everyone is shit at tracking. Yep. They just track their period, their ovulation, and their symptoms. All of that's confirming is your period, ovulation, and symptoms. It's not tracking your patterns. We're not tracking what's going on with your day-to-day, your life. So when somebody's saying that you're dealing with low libido and your doctor's like, oh, that's just part of life, you're not bringing them any information. You're being a really shitty self-advocate at that point, and nobody can – give you treatment or give you support if that's all you're going to say. But if you're coming in and saying, okay, here's everything laid out for you. I've been tracking my period, my ovulation, my symptoms. I've also been paying attention to what's been going on in my life. Here have been my stress levels. Here are the frequent events that have been going on. Here's my sleep. Here's my bowel movements. Here's my food. Let's pay attention to how we are providing our doctors with information Because when you're showing up and being a better self-advocate, you are giving them an actual chance to support you. But we have never been told this. And this has been the biggest thing that I've been seeing within my clients because a lot of them at first were not tracking. They were, we have like this built out period tracking app for them. And it's not just a period tracking app. It's a, here's how everything in your whole entire life affects you tracking app. And The name is Floca. You can download it. You don't need to buy it or anything like that. But the whole point of this is for you to put in all types of information from your sleep to your bowel movements, your acne, your weight, your blood sugar, your symptoms, your workouts. Because now you can start seeing, okay, if I did these kind of workouts and this was in my luteal phase, and this is how I felt in my luteal phase, well, maybe I can start putting the connection between why my luteal phase that week before your period was so moody. Yeah. And what was I eating? Like we can start kind of tracking and putting together the dots. If we're not bringing that amount of information to our doctors, for sure, they're going to be like, oh, it's just life. We're yeah. not providing them any information to even give us additional support. Well, and it's probably because we don't know the information. Like I I know for me, like there's four phases. Obviously I know the, so that you said the, uh, what'd you say? The what phase did you say? Uh, luteal, luteal phase. Yeah. Then there's the what's the men, what's the period phase? Let's go through. See, I don't even know. That's Mental. the thing. <laughs> we got okay. So we've got we can do a little breakdown if you want to. We've okay, let's do it. The follicular phase. Okay. You can think of it as the funicular phase. We've okay. got the ovulation phase, the frisky phase, the luteal phase, which tends to be like the hangry phase. And then you've got the menstrual phase, the bleeding phase. Okay. So for you to also understand these four phases a little bit more, 
your period is actually just a response of these three phases. Yeah. Your period actually has nothing to do with your period at all. It's yeah. just a monthly report card on how you're taking care of all those three phases beforehand. Yeah. What really determines this is your ovulatory phase. As much as this is called the menstrual cycle, it really should be called the ovulatory phase. Yeah. And nobody thinks about that egg white discharge. Everybody just thinks, oh, cool, I am ovulating. Maybe I can get pregnant. Maybe not. See, and but and I think the bigger problem is too, and this is like something that I've talked to my husband about constantly, is I honestly I did not know. And I did a collaboration once with like a period tracking app and I was talking about this with them and I was like, I until getting pregnant years ago, I never knew about any of these phases because when you're taught about feminine health, you're just taught about when you're a kid about your periods and how to tampon works and how a pad works. That's literally all you're taught. And sex education, you're taught that if you have sex once and you're going to get pregnant. So I remember like trying to get pregnant and not trying. I just remember having sex and then being disappointed that I wasn't pregnant and then being like, oh, wait, there's something a little bit more to this. And I felt so stupid because I was like, this is my body. Like this, shouldn't I have known about this? And I said to my husband, when our daughters, because we have two daughters and a son, I said, when our daughters get old enough, I want them to know like the full education of how this all works because that's empower. It's so empowering to know it. And we don't talk about it. Feel free to like, just like reel me in or like make this signal. No, you go, you like, go ahead on rants or anything. Like that. <laughs> um, okay. Two things that just come up there is we, yeah, we've never been taught about what our phases are. And I just think about how many women are currently on birth control and they have been put on birth control to deal with their symptoms. That's the only answer. And then come time, they want to get pregnant. So they go off of birth control and they're super scared and confused because symptoms are coming back. They're not understanding their cycle. They don't understand that birth control was just a Band-Aid effect to mask and put yeah. on a mask for your body when your body was screaming at you and all of those symptoms that were showing up were literally signs like, hello, this is exactly what's going on with you. When you experience cramps, this is what this means. When you experience craving and just depending on the craving, this is what this means. Like everything is specific here. It's not yeah. just a coincidence. It's not just this lot that you've been given in life, but you are given clear signs here. So then come time you go off of birth control and you are trying to pay attention to discharge. Everybody thinks that you can just get pregnant right then and there, but you could also be dealing with not ovulating, mm -hmm. not having quality discharge, not having a healthy follicle. So maybe you're getting a little bit of discharge, but not enough, AKA your, if you were to track your temperature, you might not be seeing your temperature go up to the, um, temperature that it needs to, to qualify as ovulation. Yeah. I had one girl, even in the um, cohort that I'm working with right now, one-on-one, -on -one, she was mind blown because she's been trying for months. And as soon as we started making these changes on how to eat for ovulation and how I want her to track ovulation, it's yeah. so much easier. Now we're way more precise and yeah. now it makes way more sense. But that comment that you made about your daughters, um, that's another big thing that's happening here is like girls are starting to get their periods at eight and nine know, years old. That scares the shit out of me. My daughter's five. And I'm, I thought about that the other day. Cause I'm like, she could technically get her period at like nine. And I've been hearing stories more and more about it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's only four years away. And I don't want, it was like my, she actually just finished my period like last week and she walked in while I was getting, putting a tampon in or something. And I, 
I didn't want her necessarily to see it because I'm like, I'm just not in the mood for this conversation yeah. yet, but I don't care. Yeah. But I'm like, I feel like I need to have this conversation now because I'm like, it's creeping up here. I was like, like I, don't, I like hope it. not. Here, honey, let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I hope that, I mean, I really hope it's not the case. I really hope it's not nine or any of that. But At the same time too, like um, there's been some incredible women that I, I mean, every woman that I work with is amazing, but there's been some like moms who are like really stepping up as leaders because they're identifying like if they didn't know anything, they don't want that same situation for their daughters. And ultimately like that is my goal here is that I really want to make sure that we're changing. We're creating an impact for the next generation. How amazing would it be if you had your daughter experience her period and you guys go have a doctor's appointment and your doctor says, okay, here's everything that you need to know. Tell mom if you feel these things, this is what we need to track. Here's a little period tracking app and it's just a printout. And like you guys start looking at as a team, like that would just be such a game changer of a conversation. So this is not so taboo, but girls are starting to get their periods a lot younger. And what I think is so important is that moms know how to support their own symptoms and also how to support their children's symptoms. And that might sound like so much, but also... When you have somebody sit down with you and give you time yeah, and say, this is what's going on with you. This is why. This is what we need to pay attention to. And we can retest this if we need to test it. But here's your foundations. Make sure that you have these down pat. Yeah. We have way more control over our hormones than we've ever been led on to believe. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I mean, I believe it. I just, I think there's just not been any conversation. I think this is a very hard area because it's, it is, like you said, it's so taboo. Um, even, I mean, like you said, talking discharge and talking things like that, it's just, it's one of those things you don't talk about. You just don't talk about it. Everyone knows you deal with it. No one wants to talk about it. Everyone knows that we deal with a period. I, I, uh, we deal with a period so much. I thought about that the other day. I was like, I, because every time my period comes, I'm like, this is so annoying. But I'm like, I've dealt with a period since I was, 13. I'm like, how many, how, like how long? And I actually did like a TikTok on it and added up how many periods I've had and how many hours that's been out of my life and everything. And I'm like, it's insanity. And I'm like, I don't know why we don't talk about it more. It's so common. You pass, you pass one person every day, multiple people every day that are on their period. (laughs) And it's just one of those things that we're not, I don't think we're getting places because we're so embarrassed. We've been, we're, I mean, there's multiple levels of this conversation, but I think it's, we're still part of a culture where it's so embarrassing. We, we really, there's a lot of, a lot of aspects to this conversation that we could, a lot of rabbit holes that we could go down. A big thing with this is that I, I really want women to understand that you cannot reach your full potential. And I, I think like reaching your full potential is like so cliche. It's so lame. And we hear that and we hear from like personal trainers and we hear from like online and you want to reach your full potential, especially for moms who have so much shit on their plate. You can't reach your full potential. But my biggest thing is, okay, let's think about that TikTok. How many hours did you lose in your life because of symptoms? Yeah. Did you have a period hangover? That is a real thing. How bad was your period? Did you have to cancel appointments, lose um, clients or work or anything because of your period? And then taking into consideration if it was delayed or if it was early, how did that impact your life? And then you think about all those additional hours. You cannot reach your full potential when you have shit slowing you down that's affecting your mood. 
which is going to affect your performance. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're a boss babe, it's going to affect your performance hands down no matter what, an athlete, etc. Yeah. But we need to be in this place where if you can get symptom-free and it's just about making small little tweaks, this is not about having to change your whole entire life and yeah. you have to quit your life and put it on the back burner and do all this. It's making little small tweaks to your life so then you can do everything that's on your plate. Yeah. This is what women need to start understanding. And like it's it kind of frustrates me how um how can I can even be viewed because I'm trying to express that I work with women one-on-one, but people, women, they take it as like a program. Yeah. And then they're thinking, oh, I have to adapt to this program. And that's not it. It's I'm adapting to you. And we have to make little tweaks based off of like your kids' taste buds, which we know. Well, and that's the thing. And I think that's that's important to note is, you know, from what I've heard with uh, my assistant that works with you and stuff like that. And we're going to – you and I are going to work together because we're going to figure this shit out for myself. But – just hearing that, like a personal approach like that is, that's important. Like you're coming into my world. I'm not going into yours. And that's what I, 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 I used to be a personal trainer. So I know that <laughs> I know everyone used to get really freaked out by that when I was like, no, I'm going to figure out what you like and we're going to make this work. I'm not going to just be like, you have to run now. Like if you hate running, it's not anything like that. It's, exactly. it's really, uh, you know, that's what we all need, but I think that's important to note. So yeah. stay tuned, everyone. You're going to hear about this. We're going to follow up. Mary's going to fix her periods. Cause I, I am, I mean, I swear I, I, uh, I got my C-section uh, 16 months ago, but I swear ever since, ever since then period yeah. cramps are the devil. Like they're just awful. Um, and I just feel like my moods the week before yeah. God help everyone that comes into my vicinity when <laughs> it's the week before my period. And I always forget because I don't realize that my period sometimes coming in lately, it's been thrown off. But it, when my period shows up, I'm like, oh, that's why. I'm like, that oh. makes a lot of sense. I literally like want to check myself into a mental hospital <laughs> like oh. during that week before. I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> oh, and like a lot of this is also like it's it really does come back to your blood sugar. But a few reasons why your period might be more challenging after pregnancy is for sure the hormonal changes. But during pregnancy, hormonal levels like your estrogen and your progesterone are significantly elevated. And then after childbirth, it's like everything is down. And when everything is down, which can also represent that week before your period is when progesterone is down. And progesterone, queen P is what we Mm. like to call her, is your natural chill pill. She supports you in being symptom-free and she supports you in also having a healthy period, not heavy, not cloudy. So safe to say a lot of us do not have queen pea on our side, but the body needs time to readjust and regulate the hormone production and it can affect um, the regularity and the characteristics of your period, aka if you don't have that progesterone being fixed, stress is going to continue to rise and stress will deplete your body of progesterone. Now you're in this um, like chronic stress and constantly depleted of progesterone. And then we go into perimenopause and menopause and we're wondering why we have all these symptoms when actually something, a specific event, pregnancy, or even something else that was stressful massively influence your progesterone levels. Yeah. Now we're here, right? And then postpartum recovery, like the body undergoes so many like significant changes 
the uterus and other reproductive organs need time to heal and return to their pre-pregnancy state. And this is where a lot of women, and I have a bunch of best friends right now, they are all pregnant. And I am just like constantly repeating, please do pelvic floor therapy. A lot of women are not doing pelvic floor therapy before and after, especially if you're dealing with a C-section. This needs to be done. Whether it is something that is brought up to you or not, you need to be doing it. It's going to be the biggest game changer for your period symptoms in in a month from now, in later years, right? Um, If you're breastfeeding, that's going to affect your hormone production um, and that's going to affect your cycle, but really comes down to your prolactin levels responsible for milk production, Mm -hmm. which suppresses ovulation and can delay your menstrual periods, but not for everyone. Everyone is always different. It can be irregular ovulation, irregular periods. As soon as you're done your, um, or you had your pregnancy and we're waiting for your period to come back, I'm going to say jump right back into tracking your temperature. Yeah. This is a big thing that a lot of women don't do is because, yeah, you can get your period, but again, your period has nothing to do with your period. Let's figure out when do you come back to ovulating? Whether yeah. you're looking to get pregnant again or not at that time, we need to figure out, are you even regulating or ovulating regularly so we can better support progesterone so you can have a symptom-free cycle? So that's going to be more information for you to go back to your doctor with because if you're going to go back to your doctor and say, I'm having these horrible periods and I'm freaking out and well, imagine if the conversation could be, hey, I'm not ovulating, so I'm concerned about my progesterone levels because I'm having these horrible periods. Can we check my progesterone? Yeah. Can we check my ovulation? Are there any cysts that that are here? Can we do – what do we need to do? Yeah. Have a bigger – conversation or like a bigger scope. And then of course, like last thing that's going to be really um, challenging after pregnancy is of course the emotion and the physical stress, um, the sleep deprivation, the emotional adjustments, the stress levels, but all things that queen P support. Yeah. So, yeah. See, and this is why the conversation needs to be happening. Do you, um, do you ever find on Instagram when you post anything up, do you ever get pushback from people like it's really interesting because I have like some clients who will share everything that I'm doing with their doctors and then their doctors are following me and like their doctors are like oh my god thank you so much like this is amazing work that you're doing and then I've got other doctors who are just like stop hurting women it's like literally supporting but I have had a few clients who do not have the patience yeah. are not willing to deep dive into everything that I want to talk yeah. about. We have to talk about your orgasm routine. We have to talk about your sleep, your stress, your nutrition, your workouts. And they get so caught up on the stress that they won't do anything else. Or they yeah. get so caught up on the nutrition and they will put all of their eggs in that nutrition basket. They won't do anything else. Yeah. So then there, there's that frustration and there's that pushback from them. But I've ha- like they would even maybe complain to their doctors. And then I get doctors messaging me that are just like, stop hurting w- women. It's like, let's look at the whole entire client that you're dealing with here. 
Yeah. Because chances are they don't want to make all these other changes and that's why they're going to you because yeah. doctors more times than not will not talk about nutrition, have the time to talk about nutrition. And you would know even like as a trainer too, like you have to understand the whole entire person before you can make those changes and understand why. Well, even a lot of doctors from what when I was training, they completely didn't even know a a damn thing about like prenatal fitness, postpartum fitness, any of that. We're expecting them to motivate us, motivate clients to work out and, and eat well. Well, because I was told that I wasn't even allowed to lift anything more than like 10 pounds or something. I was like, ah, that's not true. <laughs> I'd be in the appointment. I'm like shaking my head and I'd even be like, that's a bunch of bullshit. I'm like, no, yeah. that's not true. I literally have women who are doing like sledgehammers the day of pregnancy. So- yeah. I, I specialized in pre and postnatal when I was training. I haven't done it in years, but I that was my specialty. And that was because at the time, that was like a brand new thing that was coming out. I, I was before I was pregnant, but I had my first, I had two clients that were pregnant. And I remember when they were working with me, that was what inspired me because I was, no one had really handled that. Like a person in the training boutique that I was at, no one had ever handled a pregnant woman. Usually when someone found out they were pregnant, we usually stopped working with them um, and told them no more. And I was like, no, it's stupid. Why can't you? And uh, I ended up working with my client and I walked her through her entire pregnancy and then I got certified while I was doing that. But I was like, she could do anything. I was like, they're like, no, I think it's also really important to prep. Like my whole entire pregnancy, I should maybe even like sell this. Here's my pregnancy plan. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have like a three year pregnancy plan at this point. Yeah, um, I just need to find the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe I don't. You never. Maybe know. you don't. You never know. I had a I had an influencer on here. She's big on TikTok. Uh, her name's Danny Marin. She was on a guest on here, but she's. Uh, single by choice. She had uh, she got a cryo, like a sperm donor, delivered to her oh. door and inseminated herself at home. And she made a whole TikTok. That's how she blew up. She said how to make a baby at home DIY wow. project. Oh my <laughs> god, that's brilliant! That's amazing. Yeah, people want to see. At the end of the day, like I feel like that's the biggest thing about social media right now. It's like they don't want to be told. They don't want to be talked to. They want to see experience and real life experience. So. Um, I'm definitely trying to share more of that, but when it comes to even like my training plan for pregnancy, the goal is to lift as heavy as possible, almost like a year before pregnancy, when we're figuring out if we want to get pregnant or not lifting as heavy as possible. And then by around that second or third trimester, we're cutting that weight in half. And ideally I can still move and function and still exercise and I'm not bedridden. And that is a big thing that I'm commonly seeing women do. And so that's one big thing. Same thing with pelvic floor therapy has to be brought into the training. But a lot of women have been put in fear with their doctors who are uneducated, uninformed. There's a big thing that's happening here in Toronto right now with CAMH. Um, CAMH is this center that used to be the insane asylum where women would be sent if you're crazy. And it has now turned into the center where women who are postpartum, PTSD, suicidal, dealing with PCOS, fibroids, endometriosis, all hormonal conditions, get studies done and support. All the medication that is out there for PCOS, PTSD, postpartum is based off of male biology. Yeah. Which makes zero sense why 
we as women postpartum who have crazy hormones that are very different than men are being put on that kind of medication. And doctors are wondering why we're suicidal when it all makes sense. We're not getting the right kind of support. But there's a big thing that's happening in CAMH here that's amazing, but more doctors, especially female doctors, are trying to show up to support women because there's a lack of respect for male doctors to study women's health. Yeah. You will be less respected as a male doctor and even also as a female doctor if you are studying and helping female health. What the fuck is that? That gets me so angry. Don't I that will that will rip off a huge rabbit hole that I can go down. That angers me. I know. So we are beyond belief. I've I mean medical gaslighting and women's health is just like bullshit in general. But it's like I feel like it's becoming more and more and the moment you like I've experienced it and it's complete shit, but it's just like the moment you experience it, then it just angers you when you hear that stuff. And I think that's why like, I love having you on and talking this stuff because I feel like this is, it is, it's like a multi-layer like problem. This like right here, you're, you oh, are yeah, coming in. My chest is like, this is what happens. Like yeah, I you get all, you get fired up. Get yeah. So it's uh it's such a, it's such a problem. I mean, there's so many facets that feed into this, but I feel like, you know, I trust doctors. I do. I think there are fabulous doctors out there that have their patients, you know, my, uh, you know, best need or what What am I trying to say? Uh, yeah. Yes. They have everything, you know, they, they have their patients, uh, they're looking out for them, but I think that there's others that just don't know and we haven't allowed for them to talk about it. And I think we haven't allowed for them to talk about it because we ourselves don't even know how to identify the problem. And, um, that's, I just, the guest that I had on before this, we were talking and we had said, like, just talking about this stuff and, um, you know, being honest about, you know, this life in general and all these things. And people sometimes I'm sure you probably get it or like, that's gross or don't talk about that. Or why would you talk about like the, the not so fun parts? Well, we need to, like, we need to talk about the not so pretty parts of all this in order to fix it. And I think people are just, they're not used to it. We're so used to band-aiding a lot of things. What makes me actually really happy and like shout out to the guys who are listening to this podcast, because there's a lot of men that I get two sides. I get some male backlash. Like this is not how you should train for a female. It's like, how do you know? And you don't know what we feel, but also there's a lot of men that will literally reach out to me and say, Hey, can you help my girlfriend? Can you help my fiance, my wife? She's in menopause. She's just getting off of birth control. Can you help her? And like, they're trying to talk for her and they're trying to find some kind of voice before bringing it to them because they're feeling so lost that they like, and the way that they're approaching it is so gentle. And it's just like, it makes me, it's so sweet. Because it boils into a lot. I think, I mean, if you think about it, think about how you feel like anyone listening. I know for me, like I, it's been, and I said to you because you and I did a pre-interview just to talk about you know, before all this for everyone listening, Miranda and I were talking and I told her, I was like, I've dealt with like, since this third baby, I've dealt with like crazy mood swings. Like it's, it's like I said, joking around, I wanted to check myself into a mental asylum, but it literally the week before my period, I'm awful. Like, and I'm awful to a point where I know I'm being awful. I just can't snap out of it. And it's gotten to a point where it's so frustrating to feel that way, but it impacts everyone around me where I don't want that. Like my, my husband doesn't want that. Like, 
it's it's not fun, but it could be fixed. And I think that's like the important thing is like I think a lot of us and the other guest that I had on her name was um why am I forgetting her name right now? It was just on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. I had a guest on, the one I told you that talks about hormone health. She talks about because she's in her late 40s, early 50s, so she talks about it's wake her up. And yeah. it's, pre, it's pre-menopausal, menopausal women that she's trying to encourage mm-hmm. with this stuff because she said no one prepared us for this. Like no one yeah. – we kind of just went along knowing that our moms had hot flashes, but no one prepared us yeah. for the crap that really uh, comes with it. And it's – like my merit, maybe I don't hate my husband. Maybe it's the fact that my hormones suck, like oh, type of thing. So off. Yeah. I think yeah. about even like my mom too. Like she was dealing like with PCOS, um, which really is affected by stress. And I think about how many of us, how many adults are in therapy and have been dealing with trauma and triggers through our whole upbringing because our mothers did not have hormonal support. Yeah. I'm coming from a emotional, verbal, physical abuse background. Yeah. So I wish I had my mom. And now that I think about everything and I know everything that I do, I'm like, man, I'm I was I'm still like so mad and there's still a lot of healing that I'm going through because I just lost my dad and there's I'm a so lot sorry. of blame. Thank yeah. you. But um I just think I'm like, man, like if mom had support, I just wonder what our lives would have been. Our, I wonder what our relationship would have been like because yeah. now like my dad was my best friend and I feel like I can't talk to her because of that abuse that happened in of between. Course, yeah. That was like our, our middleman, you know? Yeah. So it's like how many of us could have had different relationships with our moms if they had that support? And for sure, like how could a re- how could relationships be so different if we showed up with stable blood sugar levels, stable progesterone, if we had that, if we had no symptoms yeah. that were literally depleting us, we are dealing as a society, as a collective, more of us are dealing with crazy anxiety problems, depression, all these mental issues when nobody is talking about progesterone. Nobody's talking about- I don't about think anyone's talking about the root. I think we all think about, and I really do, like I, as a mom account and stuff like this, mom podcast, I talk about like supporting moms in so many other ways. Yeah. I don't think we ever talk about the the base, like the the root of all, it's it's us. It's, it's, not, the, it's yeah, us. It's like, it's not, we're not crazy. It's that we just don't have that support. And like we no. have to get away from like this label of I have anxiety, I have depression, I have this, I am that, I am my diagnosis versus there's a chemical reaction that actually just needs support and be fixed. Yeah. And it might sound like I might sound very casual saying it and I don't want anyone to be offended because I want, there's absolutely validation over your symptoms and your diagnosis, but when you have hormonal support for everything, you can quickly realize that there's a lot of medication that you don't need and symptoms aren't as bad when you have that kind of support. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I 1000% agree on that. I think I even, um, like I said, I like to check in with people from time to time on my Instagram and I'm like, do you, have you had water? Have you had food? Things like that. And a lot of it, and the reason I actually had someone got really mad at me for that too. They were like, that is triggering for some reason, I'm like, I don't know why, but sorry. Um, but I, I do it because one, I like to talk to people the way I hope to get talked to and get reminded because I am busy and I often, often times forget to eat, which I know is not good. Uh, but on the worst moments of my parenting journey, 
have always come from days that I have not had food in my stomach. And I know that like when blood sugar, any of that stuff, they have come from the worst moments because I didn't take care of myself at its core, at my core, like health wise. Um, and I think we forget about that. I think we really do. We don't, we don't take it as serious as it should be. Yeah. There's, there's so much like mental, like I see a lot of patterns that come up and there's two things I want to say about, um, the emotional side of this. And there's one other thing that you just said, but maybe it'll come back to me. The emotional side is that we, oh yeah, OBGYNs. Yep. That's my pin right there. Um, so the emotional side is that there's a lot of women dealing with PCOS, fibroids, endometriosis. And this can these are all symptoms that can either be delaying, stopping, um, getting in the way of fertility. But there are emotional patterns. Women that are dealing with fibroids and cysts are living this like robotic life. They wake up, they work, they eat, they sleep, they poop, and that's on repeat. That's it. There's no... Mm-hmm. Laughter, adventures, fun, caring for themselves. For women dealing with PCOS, they are so good at smiling and just pushing all the stress down. I'm just going to keep layering and not ever deal because I'm avoidant and I'm just going to keep pushing it down until I don't ovulate and have a period anymore. And then there's endometriosis who are people pleasers and have shitty boundaries and they put everyone first. And those endometriosis base are also um, related to the heavy bleeders. They put everyone first. So it's so interesting to me. Why aren't you eating? Why are you forgetting to take care of yourself? And I go into like this mental, and this is where we have to go into the background of like stress management. Yeah. Not a health coach. I'm not, or sorry, I'm not a life coach. I'm not a therapist. I'm not going to break that stuff down, but that's stuff that we're going to have to be journaling about and having better boundaries because that's the shit that's going to keep getting in our way. You might know that you need to eat well. Sure. There's more. Um, biochemical stuff for your female biology that we need to dive into to make this more specific. But you know that you need to eat well. You know that you need to drink water. And for some reason, it still continues to be an issue. So there's like a psychological thing that I'm so curious about that needs to be sorted and dealt with, like genuinely dealt with. Yeah. Um, And then your other comment about doctors is – Women and like about your comment, even about um, going on Instagram and having those little reminders on Instagram and people getting offended. That's a big thing that's happening right now is that people want support. They almost want diagnoses for these hormonal conditions and they want surgery for these hormonal conditions, thinking that that's the answer. Thankfully, there's some doctors that are coming out and especially OBGYNs that are saying, no. I'm not going to give this to you until you change your nutrition, until you start exercising, until you improve your sleep. Let's get rid of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then I'll support you and let's let's retest and see where everything is. So many women are offended because they're, they feel like they're not being taken seriously and there's no validation to their symptoms. And they're like, how dare you think that I can just fix this with nutrition and movement and caring for myself Yeah, when it's true. Like Cam H, when you're stage four and you are suicidal and dealing with postpartum depression or PTSD, the way they're not putting a bunch of women on more medication, they are trying to focus on sleep, yeah. bowel movements, improving your symptoms, 
eating well, moving. Yeah. And that blew my mind when I found that out, that you're doing that at stage four. When it's that bad, yeah. why are we not doing this stuff at stage it's one? Such, it's, I think even in the mom demographic, like self-care, and it's like it's so – because it's 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 lumped into self-care, and that is the problem. I think all of that should not be fucking lumped into self-care because eating, yeah. drinking, moving your body, getting good sleep – are essential needs for your body. And unfortunately, I think what the problem is is that we are lumping that into self-care where now we feel guilty about it because self-care is a luxury. Self-care is a something that you bring in. So I think a lot of moms, we feel like it's just one of those things that is just in the totem pole of priorities, but we're like, eh, we can do without it because we can do so much more. And um, I think that's the biggest problem. I know for me, like, it's just, it is, it's, it's, it hasn't been made a non-negotiable and that's what it needs to be for every single per- person, every single woman, every single mom. Those things need to be a non-negotiable in your life. They need to happen first. Everything else can come second. And I think that's the problem. We're guilty. We're guilting ourselves over it. Yep. So... It's crazy. It absolutely that was a rant, <laughs> dude. We can go on a rant all day. That's it's huge. I, and I know for myself, like I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel crappy, and no one does. Like no one wants to feel this way. And I think that's it's hard. I think moms sitting right now, and you guys can probably think of it. If you're a mom listening or just a woman listening, you've probably felt this way at some point, and it sucks. Yeah. It really sucks, and it feels like it, we it will be our forever because it's what we're so used to. So I'm going to challenge you and your followers, and I would love for anyone to like send me a message saying, hey, I'm doing this so I can screenshot it and share with the rest of the world, Um, but no coffee on an empty stomach, food before coffee. I'm not saying take coffee out. Don't, (laughs) Don't attack me and give me some kind of whiplash or anything like that saying that I said to get rid of coffee. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let's improve the relationship with coffee. All right. Food before coffee. Deal? All right. Make Deal. Deal. Virtual handshake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll try it out. Everyone's in on it. You better – if you're listening, you're in on it. Now, if you don't do it, I won't know, but my ears will ring and I'll be like, oh, I know. We're, we know someone out there is not doing it. Do it. Let's try it. Let's try it all together. Virtual pinky swear, everyone, everyone right now. There you go. Awesome. Well, this, I mean, this has been a really good conversation. And I think, again, I would definitely want to revisit it in a couple of months. Um, Just, you know, go from there and whatnot. But for everyone listening, I'm going to link all of the information down below from Miranda. Um, On Spotify, I think I can put a poll or a question thing. That's where if you're listening on Spotify, go in. I'm going to put a poll and be like, are you in? And you can tell me yes on it if you're in on the no yeah, coffee before that would be awesome. food. I love that. And uh, yeah, check out Miranda. Go visit her page. This is, I mean, we we deserve, we we don't deserve, I, I, I want to rephrase this. You deserve to feel good, but you don't deserve it as a gift. You deserve it because it's just an essential. It's, 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 it's a necessity. It's your basic need. So you don't deserve it because uh, as a reward, you deserve it because that's what your body's designed to do. <laughs> like, so exactly. exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
another episode down. Thank you all so much for listening. If you love today's episode, I would be so appreciative if you would leave a rating and review. I cannot begin to tell you how much those mean to me, but also how much they help me get in front of more eyes and more ears. As always, be sure to check back every Tuesday and Friday for a new episode, whether it's an episode with me, me and my husband, me and Katie, or just another incredible amazing guests. Stay tuned for more honest, real, raw chit chat. And hey, do me a favor before you go. Remind yourself how amazing you are, how enough you are, how special you are. And boy, oh boy, I sure am glad to have you here. Thanks, friend.